Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft, and this is the final edition of 2021. We are literally coming to you hours before the ball is dropping, and there's only one man that would make it to this podcast. We're coming to you actually live, on location, from Kente Corner headquarters in the front yard. Um, Of course, talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Ben Standick from The Athletic. Ben, you haven't been on in a while. People have been asking. It's New Year's Eve. What's going on, man? Well, you said hours. It's forty-nine minutes until All right. until the ball drops, man. Let's let's get uh, let's get accurate here. Uh, yeah, we had to sneak one in before the uh, before the basketball dropped on on twenty twenty one, and and we move on to, uh, to to the next year. It is great to be here, at Kente Corner Headquarters. Where now, you are- now, Ben, Ben, you've you've been over before a couple times. Yes. Can you describe the scene for the people? You you showed up and you were a little you were a little surprised. I, uh, I like okay. There are people that decorate, and you have the t- the standard like lights on the on the trees and and the bushes. You've got a, on your pathway. You've got candy cane lights, very nice. But that's not even close. There are what, what do we call these? Like inflatable, inflatables, inflatable Snoopy and Snowman, and what's that dude? It's Olaf. O- Olaf. We got it? the Grinch, Darth Vader. Right, there, there. It, 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 like, if you're a kid, this is an, this is like, it's like an amusement park in your house. I have kids. Well, I'm saying, if, yeah, if you did. Then, but wait, that's not it. Then there's the adult version of this. Well, to be fair, it's New Year's Eve and it's my birthday. Yes. Oh yeah. Happy, everybody say happy birthday to, uh, to, to, to Robert. Yeah, he's got a big TV out here to watch the college football games. There's a fire pit going on. There is a, a, a lot happening. I tried my best to make this. A good environment. We've had people come in and out during the day. Um, you know, it's COVID. We got to be outside and blah blah blah. Again, the college football game just sucked. Not great, right? Not great. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it reminds me of some. Uh, yeah, yeah, not good. But I mean, so you you actually asked like if I won an award for my house, and sadly, my neighborhood, which we we're just inside the Beltway here in uh, Fairfax County. Um, not too far from George Mason. They actually do run awards. I did not win an award. Like, who's on the committee for that? Is there, like, a panel that's vote? Can you bribe with, like, cookies <sighs> and stuff? You know, I'm not going to lie. Like, we got we have dogs. So, like, we walk the dogs. I walk with my son. And I kind of saw what, 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 what I was up against. I knew, even though I feel like we've done a good job here, I knew that we didn't quite have the resume that was needed to get there. But I feel like, you know, it's a solid NIT house, I think. Well, like you reach the postseason. Some schools, I can't even. Some houses can't even get that far. <laughs> so this is a Georgetown basketball podcast, 
and we haven't had one in a while. And the reason for that is because Georgetown doesn't play basketball games anymore. And, you know, the Big East in general has been struggling to play. They've changed. There's no more forfeit rule, you know, which is a good thing because Georgetown right now is on the hook for at least three of them. The last or one of the games this week they got canceled or that's upcoming, which would have been tomorrow, actually. Tomorrow there would have been a game, St. John's. Both teams were not ready to play that game, so they wouldn't have been on the hook for the L there. Actually, I think the Big East policy was if neither team can play, they're both going to get L's for Big East standing purposes, which is pretty silly. They've gotten rid of that. So Georgetown's got four games to try and make up. We've seen some makeups this week. DePaul got two games made up, Seen Hall, St. John's. But right now, Georgetown has not played since the 18th. They're 6-5. and five. Their last game was a loss to Jamie Dixon and TCU. But Ben, I know that you've been busy covering Washington football as their season winds down, but it just seemed like a good time to get you on other than you're actually at my house in that all of a sudden there's a million guys in the NBA from Georgetown where last year it was Jeff Green basically against the world. Yeah, I mean, you, one of the bits you and I have had over time is like since Otto Porter came in the league in 2013, just the, the pipe just closed off in terms of Georgetown guys going in. Yeah, you had yeah. like your Marcus Derrickson get, you know, getting in for like a couple seconds, but like we weren't viewing that as, you know, as like a full-throated thing. And some of this isn't either, but, you know, you do have – I know you don't want to really count them completely, but you know, like Umir Yurtshaven is, uh, is, is Yeah, there. can I just say real quick, a lot of the fan base has been going crazy over him, and I get it, but part of me is like, eh. You know, he played 50 games for NC State. He played 25 for Georgetown. I mean, his last stop was Georgetown. But, you know, I think it's great. It's awesome. But there is a little – I feel like it's a little bit of an asterisk. Well, here's the question. Will it's his, a little bit of an asterisk. His, is his jersey going up in McDonough? I feel like it's going to, right? Because he actually – unlike Chris Wright, he's actually on a real – he's actually on the roster, right? Yeah. Wasn't that the whole controversy with Chris Wright? The Chris Wright thing, I think, is more of like he was like a 10-day guy. That's what I'm saying. This guy like, – yeah, your typing is like what we're gonna get to is there's guys coming in because of this crazy situation with the COVID and, and rosters are completely depleted, so they're bringing about all kinds of people. Your type was actually on the team anyway. Yeah, you had Jamarco Pickett, also a two way guy, but he was on before all this happened. Yeah, but now Mac McClung, I don't know if you want to count him either. <laughs> you know what? It's if, if there's an asterisk with for me for Omir McClung, I feel like has a little verse. It's a yeah, it's a little bit of it's like yeah, he did mo he. He did most of his work at Georgetown, you know. Right. And it's almost like you can't completely blame him because things were starting to be – that was a weird year. A lot of guys were leaving and there was a lot of yeah. stuff going on. But then the, – But it, the, it, felt, it felt weird that both Hibbert and Monroe were out of the league. Right. Right. So, so this is the crazy one. It was even weird, like, early in the year when Greg Monroe joins the Wizards G League team. You're like, oh, okay. He's still playing. By the way, I mean, you – And how is he not on the Wizards? Well <laughs> – so, but, by the way, it's just crazy. Greg Monroe has not played in the NBA, I think, in like three years or something. Until till now, he's only 31. It's insane how the he, – he, just like Hibbert, those, they are like the poster child for how when Steph Curry – The league changed, changed the game, man. The league changed. Immediately, his, if you look at his stats, the second that Golden State started to become the dominant team, Greg Monroe's numbers went way down because he got played off the court. Um, in any event, he joins the Wizards – G League team, I guess it was just like, screw it. And I, look, there's probably a little bit of a reason. There's a certain guy named John Thompson III who's in the Wizards uh, front office hierarchy these My days. My guy. So so I think that had a little bit of a factor. But anyway, as teams are starting to lose players, the Minnesota Timberwolves reached out and said, hey, Greg Monroe, what, you want to show up? 
and just to be clear... He for, was like a thing for a night. Like, he was like the story. Yeah, and, and, and just to be clear, he's not even the craziest guy that's come back. Joe Johnson at like 40. Darren Collison was like flat out retired. Tons of like random dudes. But anyway, so... Well, Chalmers so, is back. Yeah, so what do we got? Like six... Six Hoyas in the league. I'm saying right now. And yeah. So you got you got one. You got Greg. Although Jeff got, Jeff Green actually just was what I haven't got placed on the COVID list. I think the other day. Yeah, but he's he's he's, he's yeah, yeah yeah. So yeah. So there's six guys. Uh, Otto Porter is playing pretty well for Golden State in general. Uh, so so that's a thing now. And uh, yeah. So it's interesting. So I, I was on the radio this week on the hosting hosting some shows and like one of my is that like a humble is it like a humble brag. No, but like one of my bits was to say, look, you can't watch Georgetown play basketball, but you can watch former Georgetown players play basketball. So there, there, there is, there, there is that. I don't know if it's a silver lining, but it is an alternative. Um, and it was kind of fun. I, you know, I saw the, the highlight of McClung's first points, and you know, saw some of the Greg Monroe stuff. And uh, the, the life is weird. You got to appreciate what you can, and the nostalgia for some of the stuff, or just the the seeing these guys get this opportunity is pretty cool. Yeah, and. Um... McClung's basket, which might, I mean, who knows, that might be his only basket ever, because uh, he's kind of in the league because of what's going on with COVID and rosters and everything. But he was like a two-way guy. Oh, no. He was a G League guy. He, well, I, I think he's I, just a straight G League guy. Right. Like, he was one of the last cuts for the Lakers, and then he ended up, but like that, what he did, like the, the two-point mid-range like jump shot, like that's like what he does. And, it, I, it'll be interesting whether for these guys or just in general, do any players because of this opportunity actually then stay because they because they were given this you know random spot and you know they're still NBA players like you know the, the Wizards are down that they have like I don't even know how many guys are signing who are off the streets but Bradley Beal is still on the team he's still playing so like you're still playing with you with some of the bigger names it's not like the NFL replacements where you're you know largely with a, a bunch of other uh, guys kind of on the on the scrappy well I think the thing with Monroe too is that like he wasn't it wasn't that he got cut or anything. He just decided, like, I'm going to go play for Bayern Munich. Like, his last year in the league, I think he played for three different teams. I think two of them were in the finals. So he just had, like, a, you know, you're more connected than I am with agents and different things. But it, it seemed like he made the decision, like, I'm going to try something different. Played for Bayern Munich. I want to say he was also in Russia. And then it was just like, well, the league didn't necessarily, like, chew him out and spit him out, you know, spit him it was more like he was like, let me just try something different and see if this works. So I think I think he could definitely stick after this. I mean, obviously it's one game and it happened to be that night, but it was just like, it was just interesting to see, like, you know, we, we for all, you know, the people that are on Twitter so much, and I think me and you are two of those guys, that sometimes there's these events, like it used to be Game of Thrones, like sometimes there's events that like draw everyone together. And for whatever reason, that night, Greg Monroe's performance for the Timberwolves was one of these nights for sports fans that people were like, wait, Greg Monroe, I forgot about him, like he's so good, where has he been? It was like everyone kind of came together at the same time It was like, what is this? Right, well, I mean, that's the thing, right now, you know, he... Every team has like a style. This right now, nobody's doing anything. Right now, it's pickup basketball. Everybody is just trying to figure out. Because the Wizards started a guy the other night, Brad Wanamaker. They picked him up. Oh, that we know day. him. We know him. He started. From Pitt. He started the next day. He went on the COVID list. This is so from from off the street to start the COVID list. So right now, you're just trying to do whatever. There's no style. You're just doing whatever. In three weeks, when things hopefully get back to some normalcy or, or sooner. Then I don't know what where we are with a Greg Monroe type, but either way, hopefully it's an opportunity for him for these other guys to uh, to, to play and, and it, it's 
none of this is any fun for anybody, but at least it's giving us sort of like a blast from the past feel for a lot of these guys. Here's why I think Greg, and I was I was way off, and obviously the league changed like as soon as he kind of got there. But because his passing I thought was so elite, mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be like a USA basketball guy. I feel like, well, because of like, the, you know, like, like, like the international game, like passing is like a premium. So I, I feel like he's got a good chance to stick because like if you can pass, you can play anything. But the problem is this is the same thing before, like defensively, if you're doing the whole three point shot thing and you just do pick and rolls, he's got to cover somebody. And if you're putting him on a guard, then the issue was he can't cover, he can't cover that guy. But anyway, we won't worry about the negative. It's a good it's, it's just a good, like like I said, there's no Georgetown play basketball right now. So if you want to at least see former Hoyas play, you can do that in ways you have not been able to do in forever. I don't, what was the most Georgetown guys in the league at any one time back in more of the, the heyday? I don't know if you know off the top of your head. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, just think about it. You had, like, there was a period where you had, like, three guys in the All-Star game. Right, like, you had three centers. Right, I mean, yeah. You, you had, had three centers. And then, like, you know, Wingate was always floating around. Um, I forget exactly when like Sleepy ended his time in the league. Othella Harrington was somewhere. Yeah, in Othella, there. Don Reed, Reggie Williams. So I can't, you know, off the top of my head while we're sitting, by the way, do we mention this great fire I have going here in front of college football playoff highlights now, which are basically blowout highlights. It's like the it's like the Caden Rice three point shooting the good way of fire. It's like it's keeping it's it's just hot. it's just on fire. It's just hot. It is it is uh is singeing the nets right now. Kid Rice, I'm a little surprised you actually know all the players on Georgetown. I don't know them all. I'm aware of a few. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, look, I mean, how do you not notice a guy making, what, 10 threes in one game or whatever that was? But, hey, real quick, so you're talking about all, like, you know, pickup basketball guys are just trying to, like, make it happen. I'm a little surprised that we haven't gotten to the point where, like, um, Jesse and Marcus are getting chances in the league again. Well, where are they, right? Because I think this is the issue is, like, it, it, like. Uh, like I, again, you're gonna be the humble so brag. Jesse's in the G League, for sure. Okay. Like he was like they put him on like G. He was on like the you know Ignite or whatever, like to help like the young kids. Okay. Marcus, I think was like he might have been like in Asia. So, uh, again, you're gonna give me the humble brag line. But I did the radio <laughs> today and I had Wizards GM Tommy Shepard on, and when we started the in- the interview, I kind of joked like, how deep are you having to actually go in your role, Dax? So <laughs> right. Because this the longest you've ever you know. Whatever and he said, look, it's not just the NBA. The G League is about to restart, and all the G League players are in the NBA right now. So we have to go find guys just for that. So I don't know where Jesse is on that. Uh, on I think that he's on list. Ignite. Right, right. I mean, I feel like just like in general, there's always guards. The issue is typically bigs is like when you start running out of guys. So yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know. We haven't, we haven't gotten, uh, we haven't gotten that far yet. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Um, but speaking of that, on the radio today, one of the things we did was we did um, – I'm not a big resolutions guy for myself. Although, you want to tell everyone what you accomplished this year, which I'm impressed by? Uh, sure. Uh, but, but, <laughs> but Bobby and I share many uh, many passions, uh, college basketball, at least at various points. Uh, fast one, food. Well, right. One of them, fast food, and, and specifically McDonald's. 
Uh, I I uh, decided a year ago I was not going to McDonald's here. There's one right by my house. Uh, Google Maps informed me of all the places I w- attended in uh, in 2020. Uh, Did they think it was your home? It was it was very, it was in yeah. the mix. Do you want mail sent here? Yeah, was, was was a prompt. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So yes, I've now made the entire year. I've not gone to McDonald's. Anyone specifically the one by my house, but I've not been to a single McDonald's in a year. It is. Uh, yeah, even for me, I'm like, wow, that's actually borderline impressive that I was able to do that. Yeah, no, I know, I can't actually believe it. Okay, so you were talking about what? So we did resolutions for all the teams in town. Now, we primarily focused on the on the main pro teams. I actually, we were trying to fill some time. I actually threw in a Maryland basketball one about their coaching thing that they need to get a hire a new coach for the WCAC. But my question, we didn't get to Georgetown, so my question for you is, what's the Georgetown resolution for 2022 and you could go obviously and you focus on the short term here what do they have to do to turn this thing around you can go bigger picture how do they take the program to another level or it could be off the chart off the board altogether uh so i'm throwing this out there to you what's georgetown's resolution for 2022 i think it's a two-horse race between roster retention and local recruiting I mean, right? roster retention just in, in college basketball in general seems borderline impossible. Yeah, but, you know, people say that all the time. You know, oh, it's just college basketball. But, like, yeah, the same teams kind of keep being good every year. You know? Roster retention is an issue everywhere, but it seems like Georgetown kind of loses, like, their best players, right? Like, after what happened last season, it was so great. You know, they, they recovered from the COVID pause, and, you know, a lot of the seniors stepped up. And then you lose, you know, Dante Harris, obviously, Biggie's tournament MVP. But, like, you know, your anchor was going to be Kudus Wahab, right? He's not on the team anymore, you know? And we've seen them lose, you know, you just talked about Matt McClung in the NBA. Like, he would have been that guy. Like, you know, Akinjo, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, you go through it, and I think roster retention, like, I'm sort of, I mentioned, you know, local recruiting, which is obviously a big deal, but I've almost gotten to the point where, okay, clearly they have to win before they're going to get local kids to show up there. And maybe Aminu Muhammad, you know, who's obviously off to a great start. He might be a one and done. Him making the pros might be like, hey, look, I can go there. I can make the pros and it's all that kind of stuff. I almost feel like the local recruiting just isn't going to fall into place until they start winning. And they're not going to start winning until, like, they keep more of their team together year by year. So it's got to be roster retention. And I'm not saying I have the answer for that. I'm sure Patrick's not going to ask me, Patrick Ewing. But, like, it just seems clear that, like, you know, forget local recruiting, not forget it, but like, I think first it's got to be just like, here's your guys. Can you keep your guys? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I think that's obviously a, a, a lot of that just comes down to do the guys want to stay. Right. I mean, I think like when you look, I, I don't know the exact story. Maybe I'm, I don't think I'm talking out of school and I don't know the truth, but I feel like with, like with a hob, like basketball wise, it made no sense to leave Patrick Ewing. If you're a big man, no. in interior. But it felt like maybe like he just I don't know, he just didn't want to be there, right? And ultimately, it was the he case. didn't want to be there. Like how many like... times have we all had jobs where like okay, it's not like I don't dislike my job, I just don't love where I'm at. And a lot of that is the people you're around, the atmosphere, whatever. So whatever, if it, I don't know what's going on, or if that has anything to do with it, but like yeah. if people want to stay there, there's, Georgetown's a big East school. They get all the big TV stuff. There's no reason to not want to be there unless you just don't want to well, be there. Particularly when like you're a big man and. You know, we're seeing it at Maryland. You know, I'm not paying attention to them totally, but obviously, like, they've lost their coach after, like, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight games, whatever it was. And, you know, uh, Kudis is a center. 
Georgetown's coach, you might, you know, remember is a Hall of Fame center. And, you know, to lose him was just so odd. It just, of all the transfers, that's the one we were just like, eh? So, you know, I mean, I just think you got to, like, you got to keep your guys. And what that means going forward, like, they have a really good recruiting class. And, you know, if someone like Aminu is going to leave because he's going to the pros, that's not, like, that's not roster retention. That's, like, that's that's positive, right? Like, they'll, everyone that, if you get a scholarship to Georgetown, you're thinking NBA. You know, whether it's someone that we might view as, like, best case scenario role player, but, like, you've hit the lottery, right? Like, if you've got a scholarship to Georgetown. So, if, you know, Muhammad ends up being a one-and-done, that's okay. But, like, the rest of that class, they need to stay. And, you know, right now, Georgetown's got no seniors on their roster that came in at George. It's just, there's no core there. There's no there there. So, they got to keep the guys there. And Patrick talked about it last year. Like, he said that, you know, one of his big jobs is recruiting the kids that are already on campus to stay. You know, recruiting kids to show up is obviously a big deal, too. But So, uh, it's not really a crazy, sexy answer. It's not controversial. It's just sort of... That's like the biggest thing, right? Sure. Now, I will say this. If we had done this, and maybe we did, I don't know, data, but if we had done this exactly one year ago, and you had asked me for this, I'm sure... Ooh, what know, would you have said? I know what I would have said one year ago. What would have been? Let the freaking freshmen talk. They do it! Talk. I'm they saying, do it! And now, apparently, since I've been away, you're telling me that the freshmen have been talking first semester. They eventually talk to off the bat, which we, you know, we've been saying, like, if you want these one-and-done kids... You gotta let the, you gotta let yeah. them talk so they're finally letting that happen. So kudos Dude. to Georgetown for finally getting getting caught up with the 21st century, 20 years in. Yeah, and not just that, <laughs> the freshmen are talking. They're talking after games, after wins. They're talking the lead up to it, the media availability, and something that hasn't happened. Whether it's a freshman, a senior, a sophomore, a grad student, is it unfortunately had become customary for after a loss, not hearing from anybody. We're getting Muhammad after losses. I mean, you can't get much better than that. Well, yeah. yeah this is the definition of the lowest of bars well, that they're crossing to have players hey, talk. <laughs> no, I know. But, like, yes, this was, like, part of the uh, the, the, the deal. And I guess to your brought to the broader point of what you were saying before about keeping guys, ultimately a lot of this feels like an evolution for Georgetown, that they're still, in many ways, stuck in some year that's way beyond 2021, 1980-something. If these are baby steps to get back to get up to a a, a more normal standard, we'll, we, we we won't make a big deal. We'll just say kudos to them for finally doing something. And look again, it's, we're going to a new year. We'll be optimistic here. Hopefully, it's sign of things to come that lead that spurs on uh, bigger and better things for the, for the program going forward. So, you're obviously covering NFL, covering Washington. Um, we've seen Georgetown go from. Basically, we're just back to normal. We're going to the games. We got our mask on. We're getting the media room. Players are coming in. Coaches are coming in. Georgetown opposing. Then we had two games where we went to the games, you know, and we're doing the zooms. They haven't played since then. They've been off for four games. Obviously, you know, DC is a hot spot in the country. Georgetown particularly has been a hot spot. Uh, do you have any feel for just the way that you've seen other sports go and just what's going to happen? Do you have any sort of prediction or what would you say is going to happen once we start playing again? I mean, I think we might get in a situation. We saw 
The St. John's Seton Hall game got rescheduled. That was originally at the Prudential Center. Now they're playing it on campus at Walsh Arena. Um, Georgetown hasn't played a Big East game at home in front of fans since 1984 when the coach was on the team. So it's been a minute. What do you think is going to possibly happen? Like, I think everything's on the table. I think I think we're going to get back to McDonough. I think we might get back to a point where, like, fans aren't at the games. Like, I have no idea because, you know, we saw what happened in South Africa with this this uh, variant. You know, in our country's so big, I have no idea how we're going to get caught. I think it's breaking news that the game's going to be played. So, like, would you, like, for the Georgetown fans listening, would you say, like, look, you might be back at Capital One Arena. You might be at McDonough. You might just be watching at home. Like, do you have any sense just being a, you know, uh, sports radio guy like you are now, you know, the athletic, now you're sports radio. Um, so, uh, I don't know if you've have you ever seen the movie All the President's Men. Yeah. So, I, I recently, uh, I don't know, got that the, the Watergate uh, thoughts in, in my head, Woodward and Bernstein. I think I was like trying to, been trying to like figure out what I'm doing as a reporter these days. So, I looked for some inspiration on those. I, I watched that movie the other day, and I bring this up because the, the, the deep throat character who's giving Woodward. Uh, some tips as to what's going on in the, over in the White House, his basic line is follow the money. I think that's pretty much the deal here. I think when you look at a lot of the things that are changing, even with the government on down, uh, you know, lo- lowering, like you don't have to isolate now for 10 days, you can d- drop it down to five. Yeah. A lot of this I think has- that, but it's if, like, that's like if you're uh, asymptomatic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, but my point is like, and now we're seeing also in the sports now too, and in, in NFL terms, Carson Wentz, Indianapolis Colts quarterback, he goes on the COVID list, I think, Monday or Tuesday. He's unvaccinated. He's going to be able to play this week because they've now changed it to five days. Okay. Is out. So my point is that it seems like sports is recognizing we can't go back to where things were. We were so overly restrictive where we, we end up losing games. We, we need fans to come back out. So I don't think I'm going to be too worried about – uh, they're not being fans of the games. Now, I think for people like us, I think we may be on Zooms the rest of the year, or at least in your case, my, my season's about to end. Yeah. Uh, but in general, like even for the NFL teams are going to the playoffs, I suspect there may be a lot of Zooms the rest of the way, if not completely. Um, and also, like you mentioned, like it's been, as, as we've seen, maybe in certain parts of the country, this is more of an issue, but eventually it will get to the other places. It'll just pick up, you know, that's just going to happen. So, the Big East has got a big territory, obviously, you know, here, New York, a lot of New big England, markets too, Chicago. Chicago yeah, right. So, yeah. so who knows? Why, and I'm not paying enough attention where everything's happening. So it'll keep happening. So I, I don't, I'm not too worried about it being be, be about fans. But what I do wonder is, you know, when you come talk about making up games, you said McDonough, you know, just to use Georgetown as an example. So r- just the, real the games quick, they have, they have four games canceled, two are home games. It seems unlikely they're going to get a home game rescheduled at Capital One. Right. You not only have the Wizards and the Caps, but they have other events there, I'm going too. to Monster Truck with my son for his birthday. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, assuming that happens with COVID. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, that wouldn't st- stun me if they have games at McDonough or whatever the scenario may be. If they have to even play at, you know, if they have to switch and say, hey, we're going to have to play two games at, you know. So, I don't know. Whatever the The thing, Mystics Arena? Sure. Or or, or, or something. Um, you know, it wouldn't even, even if you said to me, hey, the Big E says there's X amount of games that have to happen. Here's what we're going to do. Everybody's going to go and show up at uh, one site, and we're going to bang out everybody in, like, one day or, you know, AAU it. I don't know. That actually sounds incredible. I want to be there. <laughs> right. So those things can happen. But I think in general, as best these leagues can do, they are not going to go backwards financially. They took a hit last year, everybody across the across sports. I don't think they're – I think they're going to do whatever they can 
to move this forward, which is why we're seeing these standards being lowered as far as things. And, and maybe part of this is towards the science. I don't know. But well, the standards getting lowered because, like, when they started these standards, people weren't vaccinated. Like, I'm vaccinated and boosted. You know, and like, I mean, I know that not everyone's at that level, but, but the, like, but the issue is right. I mean, yes, that's part of, it, but the issue is still like the, 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 the spread. Look, all, this is not a, just to be clear, like I'm vaccinated. I'm all pro all these things. I'm just saying they're, they're recognizing that this is all an evolution. It's nobody, science is not a day one. You solve the problem. It takes time. They're trying to figure it out. But I'm just saying yeah. in general, part of the equation is follow the money. So I think I, I'm not too worried about, uh, no fans. Um, but you know, we'll, uh, we'll see. So we'll see. So Georgetown six and five last year, they made the biggest tournament as an automatic qualifier. They would not have been an at large, you know, I want to get your take on this cause I have my own takes on it. This is your five of viewing. They have made the tournament, but they have not been in the mix for an at large bid based on what they did in the non-conference season. Their conference record would have to be ridiculously good to get an at large bid. What's your take from the airplane level? You used to be like, you know, when I started when I started covering Georgetown, you did like a man on the street column, I think, with like Comcast. And I'm like, who is this guy? He's got Austin Freeman stuff in here. It's you know, it's like super cool. So like, you're more of like an airplane view of it. The the idea that like we're in year five, and Georgetown's still in a position where it's unlikely they're in consideration for an at large bid. How do you sort of view that? And I know it's New Year's Eve and it's my birthday. We need to be positive. But, you know, you're not on here very often. Your time is limited. What's your take on this? Because I have my own takes, but what's your take? Uh, you know, look, I do think, like, you know, a guy like Muhammad is, is a pretty interesting talent, right? And it's yeah. the type of guy that they need to be getting, right? I mean, this is – I'm not I'm not one of those people that thinks, George, you know, you know my, the team I am interested in needs to be getting every five-star recruit in the country. It's not realistic unless you're, like, Kentucky or Duke or <laughs> right. Kansas. Right, right. So I get that. But this is the type of athlete, type of player – that they've been lacking that they need to get. And just in what I have seen, he does look like a guy who could be a legitimate difference maker. You can see the difference. Like sometimes, you know, I've said to you before, like you see a guy, whatever the ranking is, I need to see it before I believe yeah. it just because of what, what it may be. He looks legit in that way. Oh, and, yeah. And then, you know. Well, he, he's leading He's leading the team in scoring and rebounding. Yeah, yeah. You know, they need to build up on, on that. But, like, to your point, like when you switch the roster around so much, like they've gotten – uh, you know, Rice has been extremely hot and cold, but like he's obviously when he's been on, he's been really good. But like, if you're just every year in year out, you're you're having to fluctuate the roster that much, then that really comes down to can the coaching staff take these pieces together and 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 get them going pretty quickly. You don't have time to waste, and especially when you're in the Big East, you've got to really you know we know how this works. You've got to do well in the in the conference tournament. You have to also play a really good schedule. You can't just play cupcakes uh, because then you won't have the, uh, the, the the strength of schedule and all that. Uh, to 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 be part of the yeah. at bid, so it's a, it's a weird combination in that regard. Um, I think the jury's got to be still out, right, on the whole Patrick Ewing of it all experience as a coach, as the leader of a program. I don't see how it could be otherwise. Um, and if Muhammad, you know, is good enough to potentially leave, I don't know where he is, but I mean, I, I suspect he's in the mix. I think it's definitely up in the air. Just yeah. it, just in general, all these guys seem to be leaving, yeah. right? So well, he's definitely gonna be someone that like puts on Instagram. Oh, actually, he doesn't really do that kind of stuff, but. He's got his, you know, his guardian or whatever, but he's definitely someone that's going to like, you know, seek the advice of get evaluated and, you know, thank you for this offer. And right now I'm going to, you know, you know, everyone puts that stuff out, but he's definitely someone that fits in the category of like, figure out where you grade, figure out where you are and then make your decision from that. Right. So, you know, I think, I think that, you know, that, that's the, 
that that that's going to be a huge, uh, you know, that that's huge. So like, I, look, I think you know, look, we can all be realistic, and I won't be overly negative. If this was any other coach, we would all be having the conversation about is this the last year if they don't make the tournament or whatever, right? It's been five years. Last year they made the tournament based on yeah. winning the Big East and all that. Any other coach? I mean, like you know, we we talk about Maryland and Mar- the Maryland whole different deal. Maryland fans wanted to throw Mark Turgeon overboard. He was winning twenty games every year, and they were yeah. making the tournament. They just weren't satisfied for other reasons. So you know, I just think there's that. But obviously, it's Patrick Ewing. <laughs> you know, he's got an incredibly long uh, lead here, whatever you want to say. So um, I don't think we have to worry too much about 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 that. But at the same time, you know, if we're just gonna say. All, all, th- all the things that you know. This is a big year, especially with a guy like Muhammad. Can you take this guy? Can you have him help carry you deep? And by the way, and you would know this better than me. It seems like everybody says the Big East is killing it this year. So it's not like you're walking into a conference with all the. the yeah, aside from Georgetown, like pretty much every team brought back guys that like you know like the whole super senior stuff because of the COVID year. Like Georgetown was you know like obviously picks in the NBA didn't make sense. But it's almost like, you know, if they could have got Belay or Blair to stay, you know, because, like, you see, like, most of these teams brought back guys. And Georgetown, in a year where everyone's experienced, they're, like, they brought none, they brought back none of their super seniors. But here's a question to you as a full-time journalist where I am not in that category. I think as we near the end of this year, as the year goes on, we get closer to March, I think that the question to Ewing at some point and it's a private institution, so we don't know the details of the contract, but it was reported at the time of his hiring, he's on a six-year deal. So he's in year five. Most sports don't do the whole, you're, you know, um, a lame duck kind of guy. Like, it's a pretty fair question as we get into, like, February of, you know, are you, have you been in negotiations with the school for another contract? Where is that going? Georgetown always kind of keeps these things and, they're not. You know, they're not usually interested in those kind of talks. But that's the. That's that's probably the most interesting question going forward. Is you know where are you on the extension? Because you can't keep recruiting. You get negatively recruited against. Like oh, he's in the last year of a deal. And I think that's where Turgeon was actually. And it's it's just not a good place to be. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, you ultimately forget everything else if you're not. The other schools are aware of where what you're doing, and if you're going to be in the, going to a last year of a deal. They're going to tell the recruits, hey, just to be clear, if you go to Georgetown with no idea if he's going to be there, they will use that to yeah. negatively recruit against you. So, look, I don't know. Like I said, if we were having a – if this is literally any other day of the calendar year, I would be more <laughs> – but probably have to say, well, you, know, you know, I don't think I would feel great about it. But, you know, like I said, I haven't – in fairness, I have not been watching enough to really say, boy, I'm watching them play and their defense is still struggling or I'm noticing these things. I watched some things. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I saw some. I've seen some good things. Like I said, I saw Muhammad play, but I've also seen enough over the last few years. I'm not completely a rube here by any stretch about what's going on. They got, they got, they got some tough thoughts to make. But you know, as with almost any organization, it all starts above the level we're talking about. The president of the school, athletic director, what have you. Yeah. Like Georgetown is basically a family business based on how things have gone for the last. 40 years and so i don't necessarily know that anybody 50 has, years 50 years at this point. so i don't know anybody has the stomach to say we're going to move on from from patrick ewing even if by every measure it's warranted so you know um well no like i said it just would be interesting to like know what the details of that because this is the year he's got to get extended you know yeah uh, it, it's um it's some tough call i think the one thing that could be interesting again same positive. What, what to me was the end of the JT three era was when 
the fan base slash the national media started to turn on Georgetown yeah. and questioned all the things, whatever, whatever, the, 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 the crushing tournament losses, the losing records towards the end of that. When that pressure got to a certain point and the fan base got annoyed and started saying, what are we doing here? It felt like that is when the tide turned for some people internally. I don't think I, you would know better than me. I don't think we're the Well, remote. one of the last press conferences JT3 had, there was a guy in the back asked a question, um, you know, do you feel the pressure? Or do, you, do you hear the change? What, what is it exactly that, that, that you asked that got shut down by Max? <laughs> so I think, cause I think at that point there was some of the uh, talk about getting rid of JT three or something, yeah. or something like, yeah, are you yeah. aware of it? And, and yeah, and it, got, it got shut down, and then it became like it was Scott Van Pelt. Yeah, it made ESPN. It was, it was his one big thing about what, where's Georgetown at. So I don't think we're there. Look, no, no, again, no, no. And also, like because there's so much else happening in the country, all these games are getting canceled, and all this. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, whatever's happening at Georgetown is like problem number eight million on the list. But if the national media starts to say one day, hey. What's going on? And by here? national media, do you mean people other than Jeff Goodman? Because Goodman likes to just constantly poke every Georgetown fan on the side, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think Goodman is generally speaking pretty good, but yes, whatever that may be, whoever collectively, <sighs> I think if, if, there, if there's some outside pressure, then maybe something happens. In any event, look, like I said, the, your, the resolution <laughs> you're hoping, uh, you know, that they, they, they can figure out a way. You to You have your sit. freshman class. If Amina goes pro, you can't stop that. That's a positive, right? But, like, everyone else you need to bring back. You know, Jordan Riley's hurt right now. Matumbo, you would assume, would come back. Um, Tyler Beard. Well, like I said, the fact, that they're allowing, or the fact that they're allowing the freshmen to talk is a sign that they recognize something had to change. And if you're if you're open to changing one thing, maybe you're open to changing other things. If you're open to changing other things, then maybe things could be a little more normal there and not feel like it's in some from other era. And if that's the case then maybe there's reasons to be positive and get going in other ways. By the way, we're, not, we're just talking about the outside stuff. Whatever's going on inside in terms of practice or, 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 or style of play, whatever it is, if you're willing to adapt, adapt or die, if you're willing to adapt in this way, maybe you're willing in other ways, and maybe that can unlock some stuff. And I think from that, we, I can see positives or at least hope, and I think that's not, you know, that's and, not a bad thing. By the way, Ryan Matumbo could literally do every media availability for the players, all the players, for Patrick, and everybody would do just fine. He's incredible. Uh, he's got a lot of personality. Uh, that 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 seems to be pr- pretty clear. Yeah, if he sticks around for a few years, <laughs> that could be uh, that could be a lot. Of, that could be a lot of fun. Um, all right. So before we're, we're getting close to uh, the midnight hour here. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I don't, no offense. I want to be talking to you at midnight about who this does? Stuff. Who does? No, I talk to you, but I don't talk about this stuff at midnight. So look, it's a bit. It's, it's always a pleasure to come on the Kente Corner. It's been a minute, like you said. Are you leading us out here? You tell everyone to subscribe to Kente Corner. <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm, no, I'm yeah, messing with you. You should subscribe to Kente Corner. <laughs> look, if you're if you want to hear about Georgetown when they play basketball, there is nowhere else to 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 go. So. Uh, follow Bobby on Twitter at Bobby Bancroft. He doesn't tell he doesn't tell you that enough. Man, you're like a you're like a professional here. Yes, well, um, this will probably be the last time, or I don't know, uh, not very often we're going to come to you live. It's a literally a, a fireside chat, if you will. You can hear that in the background. My neighborhood's people got fireworks. I don't have fireworks, but uh, it's good to have Ben on. It reminds me of the old days. I actually found a pretty funny picture the other day from uh, Rich's son Evan Schwatkin of us at some game. I think the title of the email was The Brain Trust. i got to send that to you. Um, it's back when I didn't have long hair. I had the, uh, the faux hawk. It's pretty good. We've been out here a while, and we probably need to end this thing. 
Uh, ben, I appreciate it. You're at Ben Standing. You wanted all the NFL stuff. He can't stop tweeting about Washington football and the whole league. Um, you're also going to get Wizard stuff in there as well. I'm at Bobby Bancroft. And uh, hopefully we'll be coming to you at some point after Georgetown plays actual basketball games. Imagine that. It's hard to believe.